Live Bible. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, August the 31st. Hard to believe we're all the way at the end of August. I'm Doug McCary of His Light International Ministries, and uh, thank you for joining us today. If you're just tuning in to SWAT for the first time, SWAT Radio, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And you can find us on social media at SWAT Radio Talk on Facebook and Twitter. And we also have a website, www.swatradio.com. You can click on Listen Live on that. If you're out going out of your car or you don't have a radio, um, you're about to leave, just go to SWATradio.com, click on the red Listen Live link, and you can join us that way. So uh, today is Thursday. Like I said, it's uh, our guest day. We always, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we do um, expository teaching through uh, a book of the Bible. We're in Haggai right now, and uh, Thursday's our guest day, and then Friday, uh, David Gray and Brad Sykes are on discussing the practical implications and the disciples' life of the things we've been teaching Monday through Wednesday. But this is a special guest day because I have uh, my best friend, my my soulmate, and uh, also uh, the leader of SWAT for Women. Uh, we, we, we got a lot of requests for why don't you have women that can come to SWAT, and we said, well, we got SWAT for Women, and Lori leads SWAT for Women every Wednesday starting uh, September 13th, I believe. It's September 13th is when it kicks off, and uh, she'll be uh, continuing her study through Acts. She, I believe she's on Acts 17, but I'll let her uh, address that. But my guest today is my wife, Lori McCary, the mother of my children and the grandmother of my grandchildren and my soulmate for 39 plus years and also uh nobody has spoken into my life uh god has used nobody in my life like he's used Lori. so uh Lori, welcome to swat radio thank you doug <laughs> that was a mighty nice um welcome so good to be here I think we did this, what, two years ago, about now? Yeah, yeah, we did it before we kicked off the SWAT for Women here. You've been doing kind of a SWAT for Women before, but you've really gone in-depth, and we'll we'll get into that. But before we do, Jeremy has never heard your story in there. And so I thought I would start not only for Jeremy's sake, but for those listeners out there that might be of the female persuasion that listen to to SWAT radio um, a lot. And uh, you can give them the dirt on me because you've known me longer than anybody, known all my my warts, my moles. Oh, I would not. (laughs) I would not do that. (laughs) Well, no, but I I would love for people to hear your story because uh, you and I have lived a fascinating journey. I mean, really, how many times have we had people tell us you guys need to write a book? Well, the problem is neither one of us have time to write a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're too busy living that story. Still, right? Uh, yeah, 
We are. Um, we keep looking at one another and wondering when life is going to slow down. Uh, and it hasn't yet. And, and, but, and one of the main reasons is we still have children living at home, even though we started the process over 35 years ago. Uh, so we have eight children and we have adopted five from China and we have three bio kids and seven grandchildren now. And I just want you to share a little bit about your own faith journey at first. Can you can you share with our listeners, one, how did you come to follow Jesus as Savior and King? And how did it get you to where you are now, ministry-wise, where you're leading SWAT women? Can you talk a little bit? Start with how did you come to faith in Christ? Wow, how long do we have? <laughs> um, you know, I don't remember a time in my life, and this is a testimony of my parents. Um, uh, I don't remember a time when going to church and hearing about Christ wasn't a part of my life. Um, since I was a little girl, I have memories as a tiny girl playing on a playground at churches uh, that my parents attended and hearing the stories of Jesus and just that being very much part of my life since I was a very small girl as long as I can remember and I can remember growing up in Sunday school classes all those years and um what is Sunday school (laughs) (laughs) place where kids learn the stories of the Bible (laughs) on their level really um I think it's it's really in the Baptist church I think it's uh probably most prominent in Baptist church where you go into a uh, age segregated classroom yeah, yeah. yeah probably um and so i did that all growing up probably starting in preschool you would go into your age group and you were taught the bible stories and i can remember sitting there as a young girl and at a, probably around the age of eight i thought oh this is what i want this this is what i want i want to follow jesus and uh, the Lord so impressed on my heart that this, he was calling me to be his own. And I knew that that's, that's what I wanted with, to the very depths of my heart, to the tips of my toes, that's what I wanted. And I, you know, a lot of people question uh, the hearts and the understanding of young children. But I know that as a child of about eight, nine years old, I understood completely that God was calling me to himself and it was something I needed to tell somebody. I can remember laying in my bed late one night and thinking, I've got to go tell my mom. I have to tell her. And then I thought, no, she's going to think you're too young. She's going to think you don't understand. But I thought, no, I have to. I have to tell her. And I remember pulling myself out of that bed and I ran into the living area of our home and I said, Mommy, I have to tell you something. And she's like, Okay. And I said, I have to follow Jesus. I just have to. And I remember she took me to speak to the pastor of our church at the time. And he was so gentle and kind to me. And in our particular faith, which was the Baptist uh, faith, uh, Southern Baptist, you they would call you at the end of the service to come walk the aisle, you know, and profess your faith in Christ. And for me, that was a big deal. It was something that I had wanted to do for so long. I I couldn't wait for them to sing that hymn at the end of the service. And I bounded down that aisle. I just, 
my heart was leaping out of my chest and I, I couldn't wait to just run down that aisle and proclaim to that church body, me, Lori McKay, Lori Sondermeyer at the time, I want to follow Jesus. And I remember when I got down to the front of that church, that sweet pastor who ended up baptizing me and then marrying you and I, um, when I was 18 years old, just a, just a precious man to me. Uh, he met me when I got down to the front of that church that day, and he took me by the hands. And I remember his hand shook when he spoke, and he took my hands, and he said, Lori, do you know what this means? And I, I remember I was crying, and he said, will you do whatever Jesus asks you to do? Will you go wherever he asks you to go? And I said, yes, yes, I will. And he introduced me to the church that day as a follower of Jesus. And I, I just remember as a little girl, that was all I ever wanted. And that's what I wanted to do. And so I'm just so grateful that the Lord had his hand on me from the time I was a young girl. And um, boy, I've blown it. I've blown it. I can see now that Christ came for those who've blown it. We're human beings. And boy, we needed a savior. We need a savior and he revealed that to me as a young girl and i've blown it since then and he's picked me up off the floor and said come on this is why i died for you sweet girl and um he's just been so so kind and gracious to me and part of that story is leading me to this uh baseball player in meridian mississippi and um, a man out of my dreams, really, and found out he was as messed up as I was. And He, he was a nightmare more than a dream. Uh, maybe. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, we've had a really, really neat life together, and um, I just had no idea the road he would take us down. And gosh, maybe if he'd showed me, I might have said, no, I go, oh, <laughs> let's not do that, Lord. But so many dreams he planted in me as a young girl, I didn't know where they would take me. But you certainly had no idea when you said yes to Jesus at that young age that it would mean doing some really hard things. Really hard things. But do you know what's so interesting is I've discovered that sometimes you know what God's will is when your heart's desire is to do the hard things. When you say, wow, I wouldn't have come up with this on my own, <laughs> yeah. um, but this looks really good to me right now and I want to do this so bad. And then you look back when you're in the middle of the really hard and you go, wow, I signed up for this. What was I thinking? And God said, no, I signed you up for that girl. And, um, and I realized the word says God gives you the desires of your heart. And I think instead of me having the desire and God saying, okay, I'll give you that. I think maybe what it's saying is God gave me that desire because he wanted to fulfill a particular purpose in through my life. And so some of those crazy things that I've signed up for, I realized God just wrote his will on my heart and he pushed me in that direction. And here I am in places I would have never signed up for. And th doing things that you never thought you would do. And uh, I've been a part of that journey. Uh, I met you when you were 16 and I was 19. We were both so young, young in the faith. N neither one of us, even though we grew up in the church, um, and we grew up in different churches, but they were uh, both Baptist churches. We were taught the word in a very, what I would call, not that they intended to be superficial, but we had no idea of the depth 
of those verses that you and I memorized during Bible drill, RAs, GAs, whatever it was. And we've kind of grown up together in Christ, haven't we, over the years? Yeah, you know, I realized I'd look back at the churches I grew up in and I longed for God's word. I longed to know God's word. And uh, and I realized all the topical sermons I sat through and I didn't know what it meant <laughs> to really know God's word. But I realized the people that taught me, um, the Lord was growing me up. And the older I get, the deeper I go, gosh, I realize it's a treasure. And God is just growing me up as I go deeper and deeper into his word. And that that's the desire of my heart now is just to know it better and better and better the well, older well, I get. Well, you know, it's funny because you and I have both become really um, – what I would call dedicated students of the word, learning it in context, not just the context of the original writer, but the the Jewish listener, how they would have heard it. And we never were exposed to that. But I think back to men like James Hoven, you know, Marcus Anderson in my life and Beverly Tennant in your life. And those people God brought into our lives, Al Fike and um, you know, some of those men we met uh, and leaders who would teach the word, Corey Tinboom coming, you know, or people uh, coming to speak at our churches, all those different influences God bombarded us with is really just an act of his grace. Um, you and I talked about this many times, how it's so funny, some of the theology, we wouldn't even agree with some of the people that God used in our life. And then not just an act of his mercy and grace. Yes, I look back and I think, you know, those people taught me what they knew, what they believed. And yet God said, hey, I can use that. I can. And and ultimately, God grew me up. It's God's job. It's the spirit's job to do what he's going to do. And I'm grateful for the influence all those people had in my life over the years. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you want to read, listen, Lori uh, is a very gifted writer. I've, I've watched her over the years and read her stuff. I don't know anybody personally that writes like my wife does. And she has put a lot of stories down about our girls, the adopted girls. We're going to get into that in just a second. But if you would like to read, uh, in Lori's words, uh, about our daughter, Rachel, who had a heart transplant, Kate, the first child we adopted, Ellie, uh, and and uh, just the different adoptions, the hidden treasures about our family. Lori has a website called lorimccary.com, and it says at the beginning of top, it says to him who's able to do immeasurably more. And over half a million people have gone to that website. Did you know that, Lori? I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, over literally over 600,000 people have visited that website. And it's amazing how God has used it. There's actually a video of our first adoption, I, I think, or maybe it's a video of all our adoptions and a montage. Uh, and so if you're out there and you'd like to know more or go read Lori's blog, which she has some really good insights, go to Lori, L-O-R-I, McCary, M-C-C-A-R-Y.com. I want to talk about the adoptions for a second. You know, God gave you a vision as a... Uh, well, not a vision, but a, a kind of a heart for adopting as a teenage girl. You read a book, but then that vision just kind of 
went into the backside. You married me. We went in the Marine Corps. You, we, we had our children. And it kind of stayed dormant, even though you would mention it every now and then. What sparked the reignition of that vision, Lori, to adopt? Like, what was it? Was it just one day you just had this thought, man, we really need to adopt? Were you reading the Bible? What what was it that kind of reignited that adoption passion that you had? You know, I had picked up a book off of my uh, mother's shelf, library shelf, when I was probably, I don't know, maybe 11 years old. And it was a story of a family who had adopted from China and as a little girl, God planted that seed in my heart, and I always wanted that. Really, what I always wanted to be was a mom. I never had any big dreams of being a career woman. I wanted to be a mom, and uh, I wanted to adopt from China. And so anybody who knew me well knew that that's, that, that was a dream I had. So I wanted to have children of my own, hopefully. And mm. even if I couldn't have children of my own, I, I really wanted to adopt from China someday. So I kind of tucked that dream away and Doug and I, of course, got married and we had three children of our own. And I thought once I, once they got up to school age and I started enjoying some freedom, you know, and I started speaking a lot for Mops International and doing a lot of writing and found out I've really enjoyed that. And I was enjoying time. Tell, tell, tell everybody what Mops International Mops is. Mops International right? is mothers of preschoolers. And so I did a lot of, that's where I met friends and it's a ministry to um, share the love of Christ and the hope in Christ to mothers of preschoolers. Um, mothers of preschoolers, especially those who stay at home, um, can be very lonely. And so that's a great ministry and it, I know it was for me. And so um, I got very involved in that ministry and uh, did a lot of speaking and uh, leading other leaders in that ministry and so I, I thought once my kids got a little bit older and I got involved in that and I was doing a lot of work with Doug in Russia and just really really enjoying that next season of life um, once my kids went to school and I thought uh, I don't know I just don't know if I can go back to height chairs and car seats and uh, diapers and uh, I don't know maybe one of my kids will adopt from China but I kind of put it on the back burner and I can remember Doug and I we were living in Texas at the time but we came to Ponte Vedra Beach for our 20th wedding anniversary so almost 20 years ago now yeah it was 20 years ago and I can um, I was walking along the beach and I was just praying. I just kept thinking to myself, how can I just let this dream go by the wayside that I've had my whole life feeling that God had planted that dream in my heart as a child. And it would just, how could I let that go? Never having fulfilled that. And I just, it just tugged on me and tugged on me and tugged on me. And, um, um, at one time, I, at one point, I even thought that maybe I was pregnant again and then found out I, I said, well, okay, if I'm pregnant again and God's just going to force me back to this stage of life, then we'll adopt again. Well, then we'll go ahead and adopt and I'll follow this dream. And when I found out I wasn't pregnant, it's as if God said, I, I'm not going to force you mm -hmm. back to that point in your life. I'm not going to force you to go there, but would you go there by choice? Would you do it? 
would you would you adopt a child in service to me um and so i i was just really really struggling with that like lord would you would you just write this on my heart and tell me what to do tell me what your will is and so i we were on our trip to pontevedra beach and walking there along the beach and i found a white feather in the sand and i just picked it up and i said lord this looks like a a quill you know that you would write um and i'd pray that you would just write your will on my heart and i remember i took that feather i washed it off and i said i'm going to take this back to texas with me and a friend of mine carolyn tool bud and carolyn tool are precious friends of ours and have been almost like a mom and dad to us and I was telling her about that, and she said, you need to go get the book, The Dream Giver, um, by Bruce Wilkinson. And so I picked up a copy of that before I even got on the flight home to Texas, and I opened that up, and it was a story about a, um, wasn't his name Nobody? or uh, It was about a guy named Nobody, Ordinary, or, 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 or no, no, it was a guy named Nobody who, who lived, lived in, in the, the land, land of, of Ordinary, ordinary. Yeah. and um, he he had dreams but he just would never follow his dreams because you know nobody ever left the land of ordinary they never stepped out of their comfort zone and they just sat in front of the big box at night and nobody was brave enough to follow their dreams and how did they know that a dream was given well one night he woke up and he found a white weather white feather on his windowsill and he knew he'd been visited by the dream giver and he went to his dad and he said, I don't know what to do, dad. I've got to follow my dream. And his dad said, yes, you do. Because the dream giver visited me one night years ago, but I waited till the perfect time to follow that dream. And that time never came. Don't, don't wait. God planted that dream in your heart and you've got to follow your dream or you'll miss God's best for you. And I remember I sat on that plane reading that book, and you I were just, bawling like a baby. I just and started weeping. Yeah, the flight attendant came by, and I looked at her, and I said, "It's not me. I didn't do anything, you know, because <laughs> you're just weeping like a baby at that thing." But I knew. I just said, "Lord, I believe that this white feather was for me, and this was a dream you planted in my heart." And I, I've just really, I've got to follow this dream. And so Doug and I, we went home and we filed the paperwork and we began the process to adopt from china and then god affirmed it how did he affirm it he affirmed it to me when a baby is found on the streets of china and they're taken to the orphanage it's the orphanages uh the orphanage director's job to name the baby give the baby a name and um when they called us a few months later said we have uh matched you with a baby girl and she's one year old today and so we're going to send you a picture of her and we're going to send you her file with her name, her given name and what little information we have on her. And it'll be there in a few minutes. And I remember that picture of her coming through on that screen and we just uh, we instantly fell in love. And a few minutes later, the name that they had given her came through and um, the name they had given her was Dream Flower. <laughs> And I just, oh, I was just, I just fell on my knees and I, I just thanked the Lord. I knew that this was the child that God had for us. And she was the beginning of what would become five girls adopted from China and all with varying needs and some really, really hard needs. Um, God knew what he had. That was just the beginning of a journey. 
and it's been wow that god would entrust these girls to us and um it's been a beautiful beautiful journey that i had no idea what he had in mind each adoption cost um over twenty five thousand dollars that we didn't have and in every case he provided for every child to be adopted some very miraculously i mean it was just amazing the way he did as you've watched God not only provide financially, but but in other areas for our children and for me and you, has that strengthened your faith? Oh my! I oftentimes I'll have a momentary lapse in faith, and then I say, "Oh, Lori, how how can you question God? God has always provided exactly what He needs to provide for us to accomplish His will." and in the case of our five girls, we never had the money we needed. We're just a family that we live by faith month by month as we do ministry for him. And so to step out in faith and say, he's calling us to adopt this, these girls and we don't have the money, but certainly money, it all belongs to him. And so we would step out in faith each tiny step, each time money was due, trusting him that he would provide it. And he did every time and sometimes extremely in the most unusual ways, whether it was to meet a stranger in a restaurant who would call me later and say, how much do you need to bring that baby home? Or, or it was, it was widows and people living on social security that helped us or just unbelievable checks dropped off at our front door from people who heard about the need. It just, I could go on and on, but, and sometimes it's sweet to remember and to look at the girls and realize that probably in total, $150,000 were spent to bring those girls home. But God knows they belong to him. Mm. And he said, this is my heart. This is my heart that they have homes and they have mom, they have a mom and they have a dad and that they're cared for. And we see that throughout scripture. And so for God to to use us in that way has been an amazing part of our journey. It's been it's been an amazing journey. It's been a hard and difficult journey. And and you have beautifully displayed motherhood to these girls. And um I know it's not always been easy. Um I, I learned a lot about our own adoption into the kingdom. We got about two minutes before the break. What has God taught you about your own relationship with him through the adoption of your children or even raising your own children, whether they're adopted or not? But I think I, I thought as a child and even into my adulthood that there was something I could do to gain God's favor and to realize that my girls as orphans in China had nothing. They could do nothing it required that somebody come in and do everything in order to give them life and to give them hope. And, and God did that. Mm. You and I were not even able to do that for them. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the resources, but God said, I have the resources. I will do it for them. They have nothing to offer here, but I am their father and I will do it. And I will choose those I redeem and I will do the redeeming. And um, just to be a part of that, 
It's, it's a picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so God says, I've adopted you as my child. And that's what he's done for me. And he showed me that through the adoption of my girls. Well, well, I remember when we were adopting Rachel, um, our child with a heart transplant. She, she had a two-week life expectancy. We didn't know that. We knew she was terminal. And they told you, don't you, do you know this child is terminal? And your response was? Aren't we all terminal? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the website is lorimccary.com, L-O-R-I-M-C-C-A-R-Y.com. And at the top, it says what she's just been um, verbalizing. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. And uh, he is that way. God is so good at going way beyond what we need but always to accomplish what he wants to do so hey we're going to go to our news break we'll be back with more of Lori mccary and uh, she's going to share a little bit is srn news prayer is such an important part of your relationship with god and dave donaldson says it is also vital as you prepare to share jesus christ with the people around you Today on Making Your Life Count, Dave describes how much prayer matters. It's interesting that when Jesus is about to send forth his disciples into the fields, he commands them to pray, put legs on your prayers. And I would encourage not just praying for your neighbors, but to pray for key stakeholders, key leaders, and so many other government and corporate leaders. What a great reminder. Every day, pray specifically for people you're sharing with and for those who hold places of influence in your community. Do you want to learn more about the power of prayer? Go to makingyourlifecount.com. No active accidents, but there is a broken down vehicle on the West Beltway on 295 southbound at Buckman Bridge. Also, there's congestion building up on US 17 Roosevelt Boulevard, northbound and southbound near NAS Jacks. Partly to mostly cloudy tonight, low 79. Friday, more clouds and a chance of storms, high 87. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. been down to the river i love that david crowder um thanks for joining us today on swat radio it's a great day for me to have my wife in here you know um probably nobody has been more of an accountability partner in my life than my wife i have guys in my life that speak into my life and i know she thanks god for those guys because she hates that job um right Lori? indeed <laughs> but you know uh we have gone through a lot in our 40 years of marriage and 43 years almost of knowing each other um a lot i mean we've gone through more probably we went through more in the first 10 years of our marriage than most people go through an entire lifetime of marriage both problems uh, heartache 
struggles. And, you know, uh, for, for all the people that are out there that may be in a tough place right now, both relationally with your spouse uh, or with your children or with coworkers, employers, whoever, you know, going through those tough times, and I want to say this with Lori here, because, you, you, you know, everybody who sits behind a microphone or stands up in a pulpit on a Sunday morning, whether it's Lori doing it for the women or me doing it for the men at the SWAT Bible studies, the truth is everybody sees only a, a small piece of the puzzle of the person, because we're all puzzles, we're all broken, and you and I have talked about this a lot over the years, as broken as I am and as broken as you are, as we look back over our, our life of brokenness specifically, you've told me many times that if you could go back and change those things, you would not. Why? That's who's made. That is what has made us who we are. Um, that's what has driven me to Christ. That's what has driven you to Christ. That's made you the godly man that you are. Um, there's times when I thought, no, God, why did you let this happen? How could you let this happen? And I'm just studying with my um, the SWAT women at our summer retreat from the book of James. And he says, consider it pure joy when you suffer trials of many kinds and i think pure joy you know how many of us respond with pure joy when we're facing trials and i know i i look at god instead and i question his goodness or his wisdom when i'm going through trials and i say why why me why why is this happening in my life and james tells us why why it's happening and I can look back now and I think, would I change that? Yes, there's there's terrible decisions I've made in my life that I wish I could go back and change. I would make different decisions. Of course I would. Well, me too. But I can't go back and change those choices. I can't make different decisions. But I see what God has done with those terrible choices. And he's changed me. He used those to um, make Christ my treasure. Mm -hmm. He uses those terrible things to make me see myself for who I really am mm -hmm. and um, to make me vulnerable and uh, to make me have nowhere to run but to him. Mm -hmm. The options are awful. Mm -hmm. um, there is no other way I would want it. And when I look at you and I think... Um, I could have a prideful husband or I could have a broken husband who runs to Christ. Well, I'll take a broken husband with the hard things we've gone through than a prideful husband and say, wow, we've got it all together. So no, I, man, I thank God. I thank God for the broken journey because it is who we are today. It is um, our brokenness that and i realized this is the gospel message mm -hmm. he didn't come for 
um, perfect people. Well, he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick, he says. He said that, not me. He said that in the word. And, you know, pride isn't necessarily just being boastful, is it? No, it's the way you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. And the way you think of yourself affects everybody around you, especially in the home, those closest to you. And in a marriage relationship, especially, and I've realized, golly, the hard things that we've gone through have humbled us with each other. And that's what makes us strongest. Well, and, and we've been married almost 40 years now. And for the last 20, we've had no issues, right? Oh, hardly. <laughs> we, I didn't think about we, how we're What in, was it, a year ago? We were about ready to just I was ready to other. just wring your neck. Yeah. But um, I, I think, though, about as we get older and older, and I look at young couples who throw in the towel, and I think, no, 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 don't do that. You don't want to start over. You don't want to start over with somebody new because as you get older and as you get further along, it gets better and better. The more broken you can get, the further down that rabbit hole you can go with the same person, the sweeter it will get. Mm -hmm. As you discover that that person is broken and you're willing to cling to that same person, it gets sweeter and sweeter. And I know that you love me even though I'm broken. You're going to stick with me, even though I'm broken. And that's what oneness is all about. And well, I have just, to. Who else is going to take me after all these years? I mean, like, I'm so broken that you you, you know that even though there's some brokenness there, that you know ultimately that my heart is to follow after God. And I know that about you, too. Talk about how important that is for the people listening out there, that, that God is over everything even our own relationship to our spouses because a lot of times spouses can idolize each other and, and that happened to you right early on in marriage very much so because we as women we dream where we are dreamers and we uh we get a picture in our minds of what we long for whether it's a man to come and care for us and to love us in a certain way um and when we think we have found that person and that person um, lets us down, because of course they're going to let us down, they're human beings, and we're going to let them down as well. Um, we have to make a major adjustment. Mm -hmm. and, and I thought God was against me in doing that, letting that occur, when in fact he was for me in doing that and saying, no, no, I want your eyes on me, not on Doug. Mm -hmm. And I, I was doing you a favor at the same time in saying. Because I like being up on a pedestal, didn't I? Oh, well, but it's not good for you to be on a pedestal. No, it ain't. It ain't. Um, because. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Jeremy? <laughs> you're ultimately going to fall off that pedestal and yeah. you can't meet, you can't meet my greatest needs. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for you to meet my greatest needs. And so we can really love one another better if we're aware that we're both broken and um, we embrace one another as broken people. And I also think it's impossible to share the true gospel of Christ unless we're willing to be vulnerable, broken people. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's interesting because I consider myself, my testimony is one of being real. And I use a very broken baby doll from that I was given as a three-year-old um, to tell my story. And um, people say, wow, I've just never heard anybody be as vulnerable as you are. And I think, well, if I pretend that I have my life together, I don't know what value the gospel has. And so I think we have to learn how to be really honest with one another about who we really are because we have no value. We have no strength apart from Christ Mm -hmm. and what he's done for us and who he is, the mercy he has on us for who we are in our flesh. And it's changed our relationship to be able to say, Hey, you're not my enemy. Um, uh, you're just broken like I am. And we want to help one another up and do life together the way we are. And wow, looking at 40 years together is really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what the Christian walk looks like as we do it with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we experienced a couple of years ago personally in our marriage is, you know, raising um, our children uh, the, the the ones that have special needs and even the ones that don't sometimes the ones that don't they have their own needs that are different but all these things hit us in in a pretty compacted period of time and we were suffering from compassion fatigue with each other and um you know one of my friends told me that hey you know your wife is one of your sheep and I can honestly say I had not really thought about that. I thought about you more as my life partner, my my soulmate, but I would get angry with you because I felt like I'm trying to do all this stuff and I felt like you were unappreciative. I wasn't seeing the stuff you were having to deal with internally. I mean, how you were processing. I was only thinking about myself. Isn't that all a lot of times our marital problems are in that relationship is just self-centeredness coming out. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I remember as we were going through that time, doing a really deep dive into God's word, which we've gotten so addicted to and looking into the creation and of men and women and, and realizing that, in our flesh, we pull against one another in that way. That's that, part of our nature. That's right. and But that's not how God intended it. God intended for me to come alongside you as a helpmate to build you up. And as I build you up, I'm helping myself. And if you care for me, you're to helping be a prote- yourself. And to be a protector for you. But if I'm angry at you because I don't feel like you're doing stuff for me, I'm not protecting you anymore. It would be like a shepherd getting mad at his sheep going, hey, you're not doing anything for me. What do sheep do for the shepherds? No, the shepherd's responsibility is to care for the sheep. The sheep don't do anything for the shepherd, really, when you stop and think about it. And I I think for me, that was very enlightening, especially to go and read in Jeremiah where God rebukes the shepherds for not caring for those hurt sheep. And uh, you, you've had some challenges both health-wise because of uh, accident and some other things that 
made it complicated. And so all that to say, as we go, go through this journey, and this is, I'm going to tie all this first three segments together here, that the reason I think it's important for people to hear that, especially the women that may be listening, is if you're in Jacksonville or in this near area, um, Lori has a deep desire to not only learn the Bible, but to preach the Bible to herself and to help other women learn the scriptures so that those passages, they can learn to walk in the ancient ways. They can walk with Jesus. They can follow Jesus through the hard times. And if it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't be following him. I mean, you wouldn't be where we are, right? I mean, like he's what pulled you through those days that you were weeping in the bedroom because I'd hurt you or I was pulling away. It was only Jesus, wasn't it? Um, it's the hard times that have driven me to him. And I found him to be the treasure, what that treasure in the field that you would sell everything else to possess. And he's given me such a love for his word because that's where I find him. And, and he's given me an opportunity now to travel to Israel and to discover the roots of the word and to understand it better. And I've just gotten so passionate about it. And I want to pass on that passion because I find the deeper I go, the deeper the passion, the, the richer the treasure. And it's just my life feels so full. And the things and the hard things that happen, I can consider them pure joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I realize they're in their context in light of his word. And when I see the people around me that are really struggling, I want to say, go to his word, go to his word. In his word, you'll find life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've discovered that myself. And it's taken a lifetime. I'll be, I think I'll be 59 this year. Is that right? Well, uh, actually, yeah. I'll be 59 this year. 59 to December. Doug has to remind me how old I am. But it's taken me this long to really, really dig really deep. But in, in the Bible study that I'm leading now, I like to come at every passage in God's word and ask the hard questions of the passages so that we don't leave any passage, no question unanswered. We're going to ask the hard questions so that we, we find out what is it God wants us to learn from this. I'm not content to just hear things I've heard, read things I've read a million times and just walk away, not knowing what God wants to say to me. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about your SWAT for women's study that takes place. It's more than just a Bible study because you ladies go out to lunch. I know you did your retreat this summer um where y'all went up in the mountains uh, talk a little bit for the women that are out there that are not plugged into any kind of community around the word of god and how important that is for women today you know it's been very few times in my life that i've been part of a group of women that have become a real community of women who really love one another, care about one another, are doing life together around God's word. And what happened when SWAT for Women started, uh, 
just absolutely beautiful. It was. It's a group of women that have come together on Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock to study God's word, period. Just verse by verse, let's look at God's word together. And um, there's no book other than God's word. And we just go verse by verse through it and ask the questions of it. And oh my goodness, we can't stop talking. We can't stop sharing our lives. So I invited some of the girls, hey, let's go to lunch. Let's not stop talking because the guys come in at lunchtime and throw us out of the room (laughs) um, for their men's SWAT meeting. And uh, so we said, hey, let's take this to lunch. And so we began taking it to lunch. And so all the girls started saying, hey, I used to work on Wednesday, but now I get every Wednesday off because we need all day Wednesday. So we began going to lunch on Wednesday and I stay with these girls until I have to pick my girls up from school. And we have become such a tight-knit group of women. We love one another. We we share our lives together. And I tell my girls um, that are in, I call them my girls, um, the, a lot of them are older than me, some younger than me. We come from different churches all over town, different um, backgrounds. Um, I say Wednesday is my favorite day of the week. I look forward to Wednesday all week. I would never schedule anything on a Wednesday because I've got to be there. I'm surrounded by my favorite people and everybody in the room says, I feel the exact same way. And I realize this is what God intended for us. So what about the lady that is out there in the community who goes, you know, I don't know the Bible at all. I, 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 I would probably feel really embarrassed to come to a group like that. What would you say to that lady? The cool thing about it is we're just going to pick up the Bible where we are right now. And for now, that happens to be Acts 17. We have a chronological study Bible. We're going to pick it up where we are right now. We're going to read it. And we're going to ask questions about where we are right now. And you're allowed to ask the easy questions, the hard questions. And you don't have... You, it doesn't matter where you are in your faith. Um, God's word never changes. What he wants you to hear, it's the Spirit's job to teach you. It's not my job to teach you. I'm just somebody who loves God's word, and I want to pass on my love for his word. That's all. And I told my girls in the very beginning, if you leave here with a deeper love for the word of God, then, man, I, it's an answered prayer for me. And um, I hope that's been true. And so if you want to fall in love with God's word, you want to leave with a greater passion for God's word, and you want to study it with a community of women that love each other, then I'd love for you to come to the Salem Center on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. And we'll get you the Bible. We're all studying together and become one of us. Well, one of my mentors, a guy named Steve Farrar out of Dallas, Texas, uh, told me years ago when my vision was to travel around the country and and speak at men's conferences like Promise Keepers and just share, go share truth with men, but do it in different audiences all around the country. And he said, Doug, you know what? There's so many people that are a mile wide and a quarter inch deep. And he goes, that's all you get with a one shot deal. He goes, you need to go deep with guys. And that led with between him and Joe White, another guy who's a, a, a mentor, uh, to starting SWAT back 12 years ago. 
And I remember as you were speaking, because you would do retreats and you would do things, I prayed for you that God would give you a heart for exposition, not just speaking truth from the Bible topically, but exposition and for discipleship. Those were the two prayers that I had for you. This when is I would your pray. fault. Then. Yeah, it is. It is. But what I want to ask you, because we only have a few minutes left, is I would love for our listeners to hear, because you were speaking, you spoke to 5,000 women in St. Louis, Missouri. I mean, you were like me, you would go speak at these groups. And and as you go to a one-shot deal, talk about the impact of weekly going through the word with people and seeing them grow in their knowledge of not only his word, but to grow in spiritual maturity and discipleship. How has that changed your view? Just that difference for you. You know, it's so interesting because I started speaking publicly probably 30 years ago and had the opportunity to do that a lot. And that was part of why I wasn't sure I wanted to take the adoption journey. Um, I loved that. Um, it made me feel good. It was exciting. I loved preparing for it. and But I did it more topically, and it was a mile wide <laughs> and not quite as deep. And I could reach um, far greater um, audiences, um, but not go near as deep. So I could tell my story, but I didn't know the women that I was sharing with. Mm. I could have maybe a single conversation with them and mm. then I might not ever see them again. Mm. But it, secondly, it didn't give me a chance to go really deep into God's word. And I can remember you encouraging me in that, mm -hmm. but it, it intimidated me because it meant I had to go much deeper mm. and I wasn't sure I could do that. But it just took me taking the time to stop and go deep to read God's word, get into it every day and start asking questions, not be content with uh, letting it go by and start spending the time. And so when I did, probably as a result of your praying and I started this study and really I, I tell the girls in the study, I am just one week ahead of you. <laughs> and then I drag you along with me um, it's just amazing to do it together and then to just ask them the question. So what do you think about this? So let's go find the answers to this and to do life with them. And there's several girls in the class that I just feel especially close to. Um, Carol, you hear me. And um, I just love doing life with her. And, and several of these girls, I'm just like, come on, let's go. You can do this. And maybe they're just a little further behind me in the faith but i'm like come on come on let's go and they have a passion to know jesus too and it's so exciting for me to pass that along and then god said hey she could come with you let's bring her to israel and let's show her this and and to realize hey i can make disciples too hmm. and they don't just have to be my children it's other women and this is what god was talking about in titus hmm. when he says bring other women along and so if you know anything you can teach what you know to the women coming behind you and then encourage them to teach other women and so that's what we're doing in SWAT 
swap for women and oh gosh i'd just be thrilled if i could pass on my love for god's word to you and then you could pass that on to the next woman swat for women september 13th at the salem center at 10 a.m is when it starts if you would like to know more information about swat for women you can email Lori at l mccary at me me.com that's l mccary at me.com and if you would like to read uh some of Lori's writings uh about the children the adoption about her, her blog or any of that stuff you can go to Lori mccary.com that's l-o-r-i-m-c-c-a-r-y.com i've already got an email from a listener out there says the best SWAT show i've ever heard talking about brokenness struggle and facing unexpected issues uh, thank you for that email. And uh, Lori, thank you for being my guest today. Ah, uh, was my pleasure. Hey, uh, Brad and David will be here tomorrow. They'll be talking about Haggai, the stuff we covered Monday through Wednesday. If you would like to listen to this program, share it with somebody, you can go to www.swatradio.com and look in the past programs link. It'll be down there and you can just copy and paste it and share it with